Welcome to Major League Absurdity, a podcast focused on the lighter side of sports. My name is Craig Lineberry, and sort of with me, as always, is Justin Miller. We're back, bitches. We're back, bitches. You guys and asked if, uh, for it. Yeah. We're back. Yeah. You you know, the, the tens of you demanded it. Yeah. The ferocious <laughs> few, man. The ferocious few. <laughs> So, uh, so there's there's a lot of reasons we had a little delay. Um, a lot of things happened very quickly for the two of us. Uh, uh, wedding planning ramped up, and then for Justin, uh, job a job situation ramped up. And uh, for those of you who aren't in the know, Justin and I are now hundreds of miles away from each other. We're doing this over Skype. Yeah, hey, I'm uh, I'm here in Austin, Texas, and Craig's back in D.C. It's uh, yeah. it, it's a, it took us about an hour just to figure out the technology to try to get this rolling. So you're welcome, guys. Yeah, at least at least we we're doing it on Skype and we have video because it's I thought it was gonna be so weird if I couldn't see you. Yeah, it to was gonna the, be like trying to talk to one other in the 1950s. It was just gonna be like some weird FM radio dial going. <laughs> Speaking of we FM radio, talking. this this new uh, microphone I got is like super classic. I got one of those Yeti. Oh yeah. Blue, blue guys. It's it's like uh like a I don't know you know what to call it, like an old timey radio microphone. It does look like that. It's I don't know. I, I I'm not <laughs> sure if you're about to about to do a podcast or record a single with Elvis Presley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so uh a big summer. Uh what kind of unfortunate is we cut out right before the World Cup. Yeah, that so was we, it. That was kind of a big event we missed. Whoops. Yeah, kind of, kind of, you know, kind of a big thing. Justin and I watched uh, almost every U.S. game together, and and uh, you know that was that was a lot of fun for better uh, or worse. For better or for worse, that is, that is true. Uh, we couldn't, you know, we, we we couldn't talk about the last second goal by Portugal to tie it up oh. and just. Could, I, could I, you don't know, that? I don't know Go if ahead. I could have talked about that, even if we had been doing the show, because I was <laughs> I'm still kind of pained by that. I wake up to nightmares of it every night. Just, oh, Cristiano yeah. Ronaldo just I, ripping across. Oh, it was pretty terrible to see. The pretty boy himself. I know. And, it, and it's, it's also one of those scenarios where I wonder, I wonder how things would have played out because they then uh, the U.S.-Germany game would have meant a little more and they could have been, they could have been facing a different opponent coming out of the, the group stage. Yeah. I mean, I think – I don't remember who Germany had to play in that – that next round, but I do remember Belgium kind of being the best option that we had in that second round. Yeah. So, I mean, besides Germany. Yeah, yeah. 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 I'm not sure. I'm not sure what, what better may have come from it, but you know, we can always say if it weren't for that Portugal goal, yeah. we might have won. <laughs> we would have had but, the uh, same route as Germany. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, we had, I think we had a lot of fun this summer watching watching those games together, and and uh, we hope a lot of you guys who are listening also also took the same enjoyment. I think uh, we pretty much shut down bars left and right yeah, <laughs> with those games on Tuesdays <laughs> and just not not Fridays is <laughs> yeah. basically what that was. Oh. I, I think the biggest highlight for me was remember when we were at uh, the Crystal City Sports Pub. And uh, the way, the the bartender put on uh, Lee Greenwood. Oh God! And he would be belted out, and everybody looked at us like we were crazy. I know. I, I don't understand. And everybody was there for the game. It's not like we were the only ones there to watch right. the USA game. Like, yeah, everyone else is wearing American stuff. We're yelling proud to be American, and we're the assholes. Like, I'm sorry. That's that's out of line. 
Yeah. <laughs> if I'd been the owner of that bar and people weren't singing, I would have kicked them out immediately. Been like, you're not yeah. singing, you're out. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. But it was a good time, man. Good time. So, you know, summer uh, in, in terms of sports, you know, summer, baseball, we got a lot to talk See, about, we were, right? We were just taking an off season because, I mean, honestly, other than the World Cup, what did we miss? Yeah. I stopped following <laughs> baseball. I don't know about you guys, but I was done with it by about June. So the minute Remember Prince when? Fielder went out, I said, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, you're talking to a Rangers and a Phillies fans, and, and uh, you know Phillies was expected, but the Rangers, I mean, Ugh. that was just I, what you, an I, epic fall from grace. Yeah, that was <laughs> terrible. I don't even know what happened with you guys. Was it just injuries? You know, yeah, what? it was a lot of injuries. I mean, it was just that was the joke amongst Rangers fans is our DL was an All Star team. Like you could look down the line and be like, uh, almost all those guys are all-stars. It was pretty terrible, pretty brutal. Then, I mean, of course, Ron Washington quitting in the middle of the season as well because yeah. he was cheating on his wife, which one of my friends asked me what I thought it was, and I said one of the C's, cancer or cocaine. Yeah. I was correct that it was one of the C's. I did not guess cheating. So, <laughs> <laughs> so close, but not quite there. Yeah, it's just... That was so bizarre. And then they, they set up the press conference and he never said it. You know, he just said, yeah, I'm sorry for my wife and like getting back to my wife and never, never admitted to having an affair. It was just totally bizarre. <coughs> yeah, it was very weird. And yeah. Sorry, guys, if you hear some coughing in the background, you know, recovering a little bit. But <laughs> yeah, it, that was that was pretty absurd. I, I just couldn't believe I mean. Such a great manager. I really hated to see him go, but he's had the weirdest problems in the last couple of years. I mean, first it was the cocaine thing where he came out and said, oh, it was just a one-off. Like, that was the first time I'd ever done it. Dude, A, you're in your 60s. B, you're a baseball player in the 70s and 80s. Yeah. You cannot tell me that you never did cocaine back in those days. Like, come yeah. on. And nobody – like. You're not just out with your friends when you're like 64 years old and somebody's like, hey, man, you want to try Coke? I know you haven't ever tried it before. That's not the time that you start doing cocaine is in your 60s. Like, that's just not how that works. In a, so, and in a high-profile job. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I just I, – I can't buy that lie. I mean, I, I respect him for trying to pull the wool over everybody's eyes on it, but I'm not buying it. So I who do you think's next in line? Uh, I have no idea. Yeah, I mean, I when I say that I stopped paying attention, I'm not kidding. I, I like <laughs> zoned out, and then of course, I mean, that basically happened right as football season was starting. So I was just like, uh, football. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm gonna watch. Well, I mean, it's big. It's big here in the Beltway still. I mean, the fact that the Nats and the O's clinched so early. Yeah, this is the, lot. I mean, this is the first time they've both been in the playoffs the same year, right? Which I don't believe is saying much since the Nats have only been in the playoffs once. Yeah. So. <laughs> an incredibly weak NL East. I mean, the besides the Braves, and the Braves just tanked, man. Just uh, tanked. You know how I know they're bad? They got swept by the Rangers like two <laughs> weeks ago. Yeah. In a playoff race. So, look, you shouldn't be getting swept by the Rangers, period. But not when a playoff spot is on the line, especially. Yeah. I was on Yahoo. They were 1-9 in their last 10. <laughs> Like, that's horrific because <laughs> you guys don't really want it <laughs> yeah like all those guys started realizing they're like wait 
I had some really big plans for October. Like I just <laughs> cannot be bothered to be trying to be playing baseball again. I mean, we've been doing this for 162 games, guys. Like, do we really want another 10? It's I don't think it's worth it. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm uh, I'm glad that football's back though. Although a little frustrating that's come to such an auspicious start to the season with Ray Rice just ruining things for everybody, but. And Roger Goodell somehow making it worse. But it's a little frustrating. All right. Sorry about that, everybody. There's a little bit of a break that happened. But we're back. We're back. Again. We're, we just wanted still, to come back again. Yeah, still figuring out the, the the bugs here. Sorry about that. That's I got a, this brand new microphone, and I, it just skitzed out on me. So I don't know what's going on. That's so weird. Um, yeah. But hey. It's we're back now. We're good. Yeah. So uh, football, huh? Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No. So I, I guess the the big thing to talk about is pretty much that Roger Goodell is the worst. Um, yeah. That's a proven fact. We could compare him to the other commissioners, and somehow he's still worse than David Stern and Bud Selig. Yeah. Which is incredible. Um. I don't know. Did you get to watch any of those press conferences that they did? Uh, no, I didn't really get to hear him be, you know, an asshole in front of everybody. Like, like apparently he was. It was incredible. I've never seen someone get so angry about themselves being blatantly wrong and trying to blame everyone else. Yeah. <coughs> Rachel Nichols called him out about the uh, the investigator thing. And she said, I'm not trying to call into question the investigator's credentials because obviously they speak for themselves and then she goes on into her question and he goes well you pretty much are calling him into question by even just suggesting that it's like right shut up roger goodell die in a fire and everyone will be pretty happy <laughs> but it's just it's just one thing after the other i mean first it's domestic abuse and then it's uh you know the whole Adrian Peterson situation, and now you got these cheap shots in the uh, Eagles Redskins game. Yeah, I mean it's just a <laughs> snowballing effect here. It's just awful, and and he's really not coming out looking like the good guy here. No, uh, and the thing is, he's always been viewed, I think, pretty poorly in the NFL. I mean, everyone's always had this exact same issue with him. Of okay, you know, there's literally no consistency in punishment. That's right. I mean, that's been a proven. That's been an issue for a long time, and this has just been a, a like a gross highlight of it. That, yeah. I mean, even from day one before this video came out, which it's absurd that it took the rest of that video coming out for this to actually fully get rolling. You know, like right. Everyone was saying before the season starts. Wait, so Josh Gordon tests positive for a pretty minute amount of marijuana in his system, and he's out for 16 games. Ray Rice cold clocks his fiance in an elevator everyone knows about it and he gets two games like this makes zero sense yeah and let's not forget the fact that greg hardy was not going to receive any punishment whatsoever yeah he was still playing the game and, and he then was uh, guilty he was found guilty in a court of law like ray rice didn't hadn't even gone fully through i mean he went through some of the pretrial stuff and you know they were dropping charges but greg hardy was guilty of domestic of domestic abuse, domestic domestic violence, whatever you want to call right. it, and right. they still were not going to do anything. It's incredible. Well, you know the most absurd. 
yeah. The, the most absurd one I saw was, did you see the, uh, was it Sunday night game with the Niners and the, and, uh, the Bears? And uh, one of the defensive ends for the 49ers, I can't think of his name right now, also <laughs> brought up on domestic uh, uh, McDonald? violence charges. McDonald? Yes, McDonald. Yeah. Brought up on domestic violence charges. Still playing. Yeah. And, and, and uh, that starting, starting. Yeah. And Jim Harbaugh, I think his quote was, oh, we'll let the justice system, you know, we'll let it handle it. That's not our, it's not our job to decide. It's like, well, you should probably suspend him until the justice system figures it out. Like, you'd think your brother would have told you that because he <laughs> saw what can happen very quickly. Yeah. yeah. And, then, and then on the other end is uh, Jonathan Dwyer from the, from the oh, Cardinals. God. Yeah. He must have just went, how do, you even, how do you even go there? Like, he, that happened, like, during the season, right? That happened well, after. So that was interesting because the actual incident that created the charge apparently happened several months ago. Oh, okay. And okay. charges were just brought. So, yeah, initially I thought the same thing. I thought, how dumb do you have to be okay. to, <laughs> to get arrested for domestic violence like three days after all this shit hit the fan? Like you have to yeah. be a special kind of stupid to get caught at this point. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, obviously Goodell's not handling such – yeah. I mean, Goodell's definitely not handling this situation right, but where, where do you think this comes from? You think these guys are just so hyped up that they take out aggression anywhere they can? It's just, you know, they're just so aggressive. I, I don't... I don't know. It's I, just, it seems like an epidemic. It seems... Yeah, it, it seems like it's just nonstop. And I, I, it's kind of sad, too, because I really feel like this is something that's been going on in the league for a really long time, and it's just now yes. really getting highlighted. Yeah. And... It's it is kind of absurd that it's taken until the year twenty fourteen for that to come front and center. I mean, I, I don't know. I, it's definitely something they need to be really hammering down on because it's unacceptable behavior, and I don't see how you can possibly get so angry about a positive marijuana test and care, like seemingly care so little about such an awful crime. You know, like it's yeah. something that even. If you look in the, if you look in the criminal code, domestic violence has a much heavier punishment than any kind, than especially possession of marijuana. And now possession of marijuana is legal in many, many states. Can actually be purchased in two or three. So, I, I've had an initial issue with that portion of the rule. Anyway, I mean, I, I don't understand why they honestly care what, like, what recreational drugs you're doing. Like, I understand. <clears throat> not wanting not wanting there to be guys doing steroids that's that makes sense but does it really matter if Josh Gordon smokes weed after the game no it has no bearing on the league whatsoever unless he gets arrested for something right so it it's just asinine that they actually try to care about that when it really in the grand scheme of things doesn't matter but I, I, guess- know, I, I think Goodell's probably his days would have to be numbered you know, you wanna know what I think the saddest part of all of this coming up is? I think it comes down to money. They oh, realize yeah. that they're getting so many more female fans into the National Football League and they're looking at the dollar signs just going out the window if they don't take care of this. And it's that's what I think the sad reality of it all is. It's it's not the fact that these poor women are are being put in situations that they're left vulnerable. You know, they're dealing with these guys. I mean, they're they're these they're not guys. They're they're beasts. They're man beasts. Yeah. They're machines. And 
And because of the relationship they have with them, whether it's monetary or whether it truly is love, they're putting these awkward situations where they really can't come forward. But because, you know, they're starting to see those those awful pink, you know, brand jerseys selling left and right out of stadiums, they're like, oh, this really is showing that we have more female <laughs> fans. We, we better stick up for them a little bit. And yeah. that's why I think it's, it took so long. Well, and there were several several sponsors that said that they were going to pull sponsorship if this wasn't taken care of. Uh, Bud Light even said they were going to pull sponsorship. And when the beer companies start talking, then that's when the NFL starts listening. Because yeah. clearly they are one of the large, large donors when it comes to the NFL. Which, And I will say, I just don't understand from an owner's perspective... I would be I would be on my pedestal right now calling for Goodell to step down. Yeah. Because ultimately the owners are the ones that are going to lose the money. Goodell has a he he has a contract. He has a solid paycheck coming in. Whether the league does well or not, it does not really matter to his paycheck. It matters to the owners. So why are they sticking up for him? Is what I want to know. Right. Like this had to, this would have to be the easiest thing to just be like, yep, you're out. I guess I mean we'll look at uh, was it Biscotti out of Baltimore? Talk about putting your you know foot in your mouth. Well, God. it's a lot easier <laughs> to put your foot in your mouth when you don't have lips. So <laughs> he does. He does have thin lips. But I, <laughs> how does how does he even think what is he starting to go down that road? Is this like is it like uh, Donald Sterling? From the Clippers oh, in that interview that he did with what, what was it ABC Anderson Cooper. Anderson Cooper, where he just heard it coming and he couldn't stop it. I How know. do you say that? Like oh I oh the real victim here is is his wife because she's not gonna get any money anymore because he's not playing. Like she's not independent of Ray Rice. Oh my God, just awful. Jesus. Just awful, awful. I you know and so I think that the, there's a disconnect even with the owners and. It's, it, I don't know. It's, I just think there's a big tarnish on, on the Goodell era. And he does need to go. Because you know what we're, we're also overlooking? So we have the domestic violence. We have the child abuse with, with Adrian Peterson, which I'll, I'll come back to that in a second. But we're all forgetting about all the concussion. Yeah. You know, all the concussion stories that have come out over the past couple of years of the NFL. And them not lifting a finger to give anything towards the funding of concussion research or anything to like was it the players union fund to help these guys get over with their medical bills yeah. from all the concussions they sustained so i mean it's just another thing that's tarnishing his reputation and just just go just cut the cord man yeah. get somebody in there who can really really step up and uh uh, you know, take control of things. And, and I think Justin, you know, we were going to talk a little bit about this too. Somebody who's kind of, uh, you know, a, a precursor to the podcast we're doing is Bill Simmons. Yeah. So, you know, and, and, and him coming out and saying, daring, daring ESPN to do something to him. And they did it. Yeah. They did. They suspended it's, him. It's crazy because, I mean, I guess that ESPN ultimately is just, you know, they don't want disparaging comments about a league that gives them a lot of money. I mean, they get a lot of money that comes through that. What they have the, do they have the Thursday night game now? Who is that? No, it's NFL Network and CBS. Okay, CBS, yeah. But I mean, they still get the Sunday night game or the Monday night game. Monday night game, sorry. I'm all confused now. I haven't been long enough into the season yet. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, I guess they just, they don't want to lose the money, but still, I mean, everyone. Bill Simmons is not wrong. No, he's not at all. Like, 
I, you know, you want to know who is the unsung hero in this that I think is my favorite person so far? The Atlantic City Police Department. Because whenever Goodell said, oh, yeah, we asked for the tape and couldn't get it, the Atlantic City Police Department was like, whoa, 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 you're not putting <laughs> this shit on us. Yeah. You didn't even try to contact us, and if you had, you would have gotten it. So, no, 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 you are not going to let us get the fall for this one. I, that I mean, he pretty much said it, and like six minutes later, the Atlantic City Police was already making their press release of, no, no, no. We would have given it, and you never contacted us. And the crazy thing to me is that Goodell is still standing by the story that they contacted them, even though it's like a proven fact that they did not. He's like, no, 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 we did. He's like, we, we had our security department contact them, and I assure you they did. Well, <laughs> there's one thing I learned as a lawyer. You should never assure of something that you don't know personally about because then it's going to make you look like a real big idiot when you find out it wasn't actually done. But, yeah, yeah, so, I, it's so unbelievable. Yeah, I, so the Bill—I mean, the Bill Simmons thing is just—that sucks, man. Because I listen uh, now. I'm back at a city office job. I listen to BS Report every week, and and he, you know, I, I just love the conversational way Bill Simmons deals with things. I love him on uh, during basketball season when he's on yeah. the on the on the uh, big games on ABC that they carry. I think he, he's a good counterbalance to all those pros. He's great. The analytical part and being just a you know couch potato like the rest of us, yeah. you know, when it comes to analyzing, analyzing the game, and I, I just don't understand how ESPN came to that decision. And, and I, you know, again, if it comes down to money, then I think we're in a real sad state of affairs that somebody that they let editorial, you know, be an editorial voice for the ESPN. Yeah, that's what he is. He is the common man that gets to comment on anything he wants in any way he wants, and then. He questions something that we all agree with, yeah. and they're like, and and they say, "Oh no, sorry, you're suspended." Come on, man! They did yeah. the same thing. To, they did the same thing tons of times with Tony Kornheiser. Yeah, they just ESPN is just not getting the picture. It it's crazy to me. I I don't know. I I really want Fox Sports One to step up and just try to force themselves into a premier network because. As of right now, no one is really giving competition to ESPN. And it's a little unfortunate because I would I would love for somebody to force ESPN to actually do something. You know, yeah. like ESPN can literally just do whatever they want. They can say whatever they want. They can talk about whatever they want because it doesn't matter. Like, ultimately, you're still going to go back and listen because there's Fox Sports 1, but there's like seven ESPNs at this point. You know, there's like... <laughs> The Ocho. Yeah, like ESPN <laughs> just offers way more, and Fox Sports One has like random NASCAR shit, and you're like, I don't want to watch that. Like, yeah. I'm not a drunk redneck, so I'm not interested. Well, the other the other thing that's a real big turnoff is when uh, they carried the Baylor game, uh, they cut oh, back God. they cut back to the commentating crew, and it's Matt Liner. Yeah. Not only is it Matt Liner. They're, they're, he's Mr. He's he's one of those guys like well when I was playing and when I did this and when I did a five step drop and when I threw you know down the you know down the sideline and when I did it's like dude you're a washout man yeah. everybody knows you turned into a big bust when it came to the NFL it's and like listening to Kurt Schilling calling baseball games <laughs> it's yeah. terrible yeah. yeah that crew I mean ugh ugh. Yeah, that's so we were going to talk about this, and this is another excellent example of ESPN's bias and how it affects everything else, is in college football realm, SEC reigns because 
ESPN will not stop talking about the SEC. Yeah. Like, the way that it makes the biggest difference is, yes, Alabama is one of the best teams in the country. Yes, Auburn is one of the best teams in the country. Is someone that's maybe the middle ground team, like, say, Mississippi State, are they better than one of the middle teams in the Pac-12 or the Big 12? Maybe not. But they're in the SEC, so ESPN's going to talk about them a lot more. And so they get boosted higher up in the rankings. And then any win that any other SEC team gets over them makes their win look better, and it jumps everybody up in the rankings. Like, a couple years ago, Missouri made it pretty high up in the rankings and looked like the best team ever. The way that they jumped up in the rankings was that they beat Florida, who at the time was ranked, I believe, in the top ten in the country, but then finished the season three and nine. So Missouri got boosted because they beat the number nine team in the country, who then we later found out was dog shit. <laughs> like, right. you should not, at the end of the year, they should correct for that. Like, oh, yeah, you, you got boosted because you beat this ranked team, but then they actually sucked. So we're going to drop you 10 spots because that's actually not an impressive win anymore. Yeah. And it's just like, a, it's cyclical. And that one thing me and my friends have talked about a lot is, there shouldn't be AP college rankings until after the third week of the season. Why? Because preseason rankings throw everything off, and you have honestly no idea how good a team is going to be. You're completely guessing. And especially in college football, where there's such a high turnover in players, and a team may have a brand-new quarterback coming in or brand-new players here and there, you don't know how this person's going to perform. So you cannot say that this team is going to be the number 10 team in the nation and they have this new kid. Well, oh, this new kid that they've got, he was a top recruiting, like top quarterback recruit in his class. Well, there's a lot of people that were top quarterback recruits in their class that are flipping hamburgers at McDonald's right now. So that means literally zero. They need to wait until they see what these teams do because so much is dependent on rankings and so much is dependent upon who you beat. It, it, it's ridiculous that the first week's rankings can actually affect the end of the year. So you don't you don't think though that the SEC really is a tougher conference than than the Big Twelve or the Pac Ten? I think it is somewhat tougher. I don't think it's as tough as ESPN makes it out to be. Okay. Um, I think that you, like the SEC's record against other schools is not. It's not as good as it should be with how ESPN talks about them. I mean, Oklahoma beat Alabama in the Sugar Bowl last year. It's true. I mean, like, the SEC has had a lot of problems when it comes to bowl games. And I don't know. They also, they also get a lot of matchups against Big Ten teams in bowl games, which really angers me because the Big Ten doesn't do very well. And yeah, well, that's. Us? Yeah. I was just talking about uh, somebody at work about this about uh, uh, conferences. And I just you know for the Big Ten, I think their their days are numbered. And I and I know I get a lot of flack for that, and I'm going out on a limb saying that. But you, I just you look at the talent coming out of the Big Ten, and it just I feel like the, the the recruiting grounds for them is just closing closing in on them. It's closing rapidly towards the Northeast. And you're just not going to get as good a talent pool as you get out of the Floridas and the Texases to have kids going to Penn State, to Michigan, to Ohio State. I mean, Ohio State with Urban Meyer still has a shot, but I, just looking at 
I don't know, just their reputation and the way they've been playing the past couple of years. Michigan being the, the most obvious. I mean, getting beat 31 oh, yeah. to nothing by Notre Dame, the last time you're going to play them, you can't even put some points on the board. I mean, I understand somebody has, somebody has to win, but you yeah. can't even put three points up on the board against Notre Dame. Yeah, Notre Dame, who's not exactly known for having a staunch defense. Yeah, like, Notre Dame, who always likes to play down to the talent of the team that they're playing yeah. for at least three quarters. I think that this. I think that the the Big Ten starting to tumble a little bit. It, to me, it's a sign of a larger, like the larger things to come in football, because there's just there is not the talent coming out of the Midwest there used to be, and I believe part of the reason for that is a lot of the kids in that area are just not playing football anymore. A lot of it is moving towards soccer and lacrosse and other sports like that. It's moving towards lesser contact sports. I'm obviously not going to call lacrosse a non-contact because it's, it is high contact, but it's not, it's not the same head injury type of issues. And I think you're going to start seeing that that's going to, it's going to start spreading. I mean, like, I think the next place that that's going to hit big is out West. Like as it is out West, they prefer lacrosse and football and things like that. So pretty much the South, Texas and Florida especially, are the mainstays remaining of football. And that's, I mean, that's where the recruits are going to come from. I guarantee you, if Nebraska got a call from the Big 12 tomorrow and said, hey, do you want to leave the Big 10 and come back? I assure you Nebraska would be in a hurry to jet back. Yeah. Because they, every team that left the Big 12 underestimated the impact on their recruiting in the state of Texas. And now they don't get recruits out of Texas anymore. It's just completely dried up for them because they're not playing down here anymore. And so that's, it, I don't know. It, the Big Ten is showing that it's just not football country anymore. And it's, it's going to be a rough road, I think, for them. Well, don't say it to any Penn State fans right now. <laughs> <laughs> Three and oh, they're going to national championship right now. Oh, gosh. <laughs> the bad thing, so the thing is, though, with, with how much strength the schedule matters now, even if you go undefeated in the Big Ten, that may not mean much in the end. Like if there's if there's other teams, if there's a one loss SEC team and then like undefeated SEC, undefeated Pac twelve and undefeated Big Twelve, the Big Ten is the one left out. Yeah. Or with Florida State probably gonna go undefeated in the ACC. So we'll yeah. talk about Talk about having a hard on for a team in the media. Oh god! Freaking Florida State. Did you watch that Clemson game? Yeah. Oh, it was terrible. <laughs> it was awful. First off, <laughs> the guy's not even playing in the game, and you can't t- you can't take your eye off of Winston. Going and that even goes more so to the point we're talking about with Goodell. I mean, this guy is called, you know, brought up on sexual misconduct charges. Says something absurd in the student union because he can basically yeah. test, you know, test the, the, the fortitude of the, uh, of the coaching staff and said, and they're only going to give him half a game and yeah. only after a little bit of public push, do they give him the full game? It's crazy. I mean, and yeah, it's just, it's really tough to watch to see these schools, schools, organizations, everybody else just not do the right thing. Ultimately. That's what it comes down to. Well, yeah. What lesson are you teaching to recruits and to young people who might be interested in, in playing football at the college level or going to Florida State? Oh, I can do whatever I want. You know, if I'm big swinging dick, whatever, it's not going to matter. <laughs> One of the interesting things uh, 
We actually had Sam Ponder talking about this a little bit on College Game Day that morning. And, uh, I mean, you know, Sam Ponder is married to Christian Ponder, who was a Florida State quarterback. One interesting thing that she brought up is that actually Florida State, over 55% of their student body is female. And so they were talking about how that's actually kind of a, like one of the things that the student body was pushing back some on the, on the school of like, why are you only suspending him a half a game? And it's a, you know, it's a largely female student population. And so it's kind of ridiculous that it took them so long to do the right thing when you know over half of your school by a long shot is female. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, like, and especially with this particular individual who's already been brought up on rape charges, you would think that the female fans of Florida State would be getting a little tired of seeing his name in the news for various sexual indecencies. Mm-hmm. It's just, ah, it's getting really absurd. And he's he's rapidly turning into the new Johnny Manziel, in my opinion. Yeah. He just cannot get his actions together. And that's going to lead me into a topic which we actually hadn't talked about before. But nice guys finish last. RG3, oh. the poor guy. I mean, <laughs> we did. <laughs> like, it's so, he just cannot stop getting injured. But you look at him compared to these last two Heisman winners, and he's the nice guy trying to yeah. do the right thing, you know, yeah. always trying to be the good face of the franchise, everything. And then you got these dickholes just doing whatever the hell they want, and they're fine. Yeah. Johnny Manziel's running illegal plays. They're not even calling it. And yeah. Like, RG3 can't even stop without dislocating his ankle. <laughs> he literally didn't get touched, and his yeah. ankle just, just decided, like, nah, yeah. you're not going to stay there. <laughs> I mean, it's still not as bad as the Lions linebacker that tore his ACL celebrating, but. Yeah. I mean, I mean nothing will be. That's. That's also incredible. I don't understand how you're so athletic, and then you make one weird jump to celebrate and tear your ACL in half. Didn't Howie Kendrick do that celebrating a walk-off home run for the Angels about uh, a, a two yeah. years ago? I yeah. Think he may have. Yeah. I, yeah, that is funny. I mean, you know, it's cool to get into him and celebrate, <laughs> but chill out, buddy. You got got bigger things to worry about. I, I, the Johnny Manziel thing. So what, what's the idea of it being illegal? Was he still technically in motion when uh, he was talking? Yeah, something like that. I actually didn't yeah. read why it was illegal. I just saw headlines everywhere saying like that it was actually an illegal play and just didn't get called. Because um, he like he, he kind of stood on the sidelines. Did he not go to the huddle? And then pretend oh, like he, yeah, maybe. He was, ta- he was pretending to be talking to Kyle Shanahan. And then just took off down the line. Although – you know what I like about that was who are they playing? Oh, the, the Ravens, right? Yeah. This is the Ravens game. I don't know who the cornerback was on that play, but you see him basically basically illegally hit him out of bounds. No flag Good. and decked him. Decked him out. Like I don't know if he knocked him out of bounds. Like He kind of like pushed him and he's like, no, this, I, I know who this is. I'm going to finish this tackle. I don't care how far out of bounds I am. And just decks Manziel while he's on the ground. Guaranteed the referee saw that too. Yeah. And it was just like, yeah, he, yeah. he needs that. Yeah. We'll let welcome, that go today. Welcome to the NFL type hit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's incredible. But back to the back to the Clemson FSU game. <laughs> just the game itself. Clemson, bro, dude. Come on, man. I know. You ha- they they wanted to give you that game so bad and you missed two field goals. <sighs> two of them. And we were talking about that's two games from this past week. Involving top five teams, they could have been upset were it not for the field goal kickers. 
Yeah. Because in the Kansas State-Auburn game, same thing. Kansas State missed at least three, maybe four field goals by the end of it. Two of them were pretty short. I mean, it was just painful to watch. Uh, and especially as a Baylor fan, because we had an off week, and three of the top five teams were in danger of losing, and it just didn't happen. It was so close, though. It was so close. I mean, Baylor could have jumped from seven to four and not done anything. That would have been amazing. But no, Clemson, Washington State, and Kansas State had to let me down. Well, you know, Baylor, if they can't score 70 points in the game and it comes down to their kicker, I wouldn't be very reassured if I were you. No, I'm definitely not. I'm not feeling too good about him. I did see we did sign the number one kicker in the nation for next year, though. So, okay, next year things are looking up. <laughs> I feel like it's going to come back to bite you this year, though. Oh yeah, it always. I does. have a bad feeling. Bad, bad feeling. It Don't know when it's going to happen. Hopefully it doesn't. Hopefully it doesn't. But uh, yeah, it's not feeling. It <laughs> certainly, certainly may. But uh, you know, we were talking a little bit about. Uh, uh, hard hits, you know, Manziel and in the NFL, and uh, and uh, the Sunday, you know, a little, a little bit of a cheap shot with uh, the Washington football team. Things got a little chippy, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah. Uh, it was, you know, I didn't see it live because uh, that was during the same time as the Cowboys game, so I was watching the Cowboys game. That's the regional coverage I have here. Right. Um, but yeah, I I was shocked, and I will say disappointed that. The Washington D end did not get a, a suspension or a fine for that hit. I mean, it's yeah. an unacceptable cheap shot against a guy coming across the field. It's not even involved in the play. Uh, that there's no reason to not. I mean, Goodell's fined people for way less. Yeah. And at this time, when you're already under fire for so much, why are you not going to find someone that has deserved it? Probably more than just about any other player I've seen in the last five years when it comes to a hit. Why is this one? Yeah, let's look at the facts real quick about this play. So for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, in the the uh, Eagles-Washington football team game on this Sunday, Nick Foles supposedly threw an interception, and on the return, he he gets decked, decked by Chris Baker or Clay Baker. Clay Baker, I think. Oh, Clay Baker. Last name is Baker. Gets decked by him, and teams see it. You know, uh, brawl ensues. You know, basically like equivalent of a benches clearing brawl in baseball. All the guys rush, to, you know, rushing in. Punches are thrown, and uh, he, uh, Baker gets ejected. Ultimately, report comes out today: no fine, no suspension, anything. Now, those are the facts of what happened. Let's look at some other facts. First off, the play itself, the interception. I feel in the NFL game that was an it was an obvious incomplete pass that hit the ground on the replay. In my personal opinion, the referee should have called it dead. I don't know what made them think. I, I may, you know, maybe there was just a bad angle. A guy got in his in his eyesight for the ref to call that an incomplete pass. Whatever. So Washington, you know, thinks they intercept the ball and running down the sideline uh, uh, with with uh, after the tackle. Nick uh, uh, Foles gets decked by Baker. The rule say rule nine section twelve <laughs> is that when a interception takes place on the field, the quarterback is automatically deemed 
an ineligible player or a, a, like a protected player, basically, in that he is taken, uh, basically taken out of play for his own safety. I mean, there's we can get this some other time about how quarterbacks are babied, but in, if that's the rule, and in this case it, it applies, there's no reason to get on on Nick Foles. I just, I have such a big problem with this because it's a rivalry game. It's a game that we all know I uh, a team against a team I don't like and a team against a team I love, uh, and for nothing to come out of it, I think is just deplorable. And it's just it just adds to this the agony of dealing with the Roger Goodell era. Yeah, it just somehow makes it even worse than it already is. I mean, yeah, it's just unbelievable that. Like I said, at a time like this when he's under such scrutiny already that he would just not take action on this. Yeah. Just let it go. I mean, I, I don't know what his thought process there is. Maybe maybe he literally just feels like, oh, I'm too busy to take care of this and just let it slide. But it's it, you just cannot let this kind of this kind of stuff go. I mean, this is this is guys' livelihoods. Like you can't right. be having guys you can't be setting the example that, oh, well, cheap shots are okay now. <laughs> like, that's that's well, the thing we're doing, so. Justin, there's a bigger issue, I think, too. So let's you – know, I'm, I'm trying to take the fandom out for a second, but I'll come back to it because I'm really pissed about this <laughs> play. But you look at the fact that they applied one set of rules and, during the game, and then the ruling for why they didn't suspend him or fine him was a different set of rules. So during the game, I think the refs technically made the right – call whether they knew it or not they made the correct call during the game they're saying the reason there's no fine or suspension is purely on the head just purely on the head they're like well it wasn't helmet to helmet it wasn't in the back so it was fine it was a clean hit it's like no it wasn't you know it was a dirty dirty shot during an illegal play that should have stood to begin with then on top of all that is freaking Baker coming out on Twitter and ripping into everybody about like, see, I was right. It was fine. I was just playing football, you know, like F you Eagles fans, blah, blah, blah. Like, dude, you got away. You literally got away with murder. He could have oh, ended. Yeah. He could have ended Nick, Nick Foles uh, game. Could have ended his season. Could have easily ended his career. The way he came back down and hit his head, he did not look good. I mean, did it? That was it's yeah. It's just unbelievable that, that is allowed to go by with no no regard. Yeah, I, it just makes me so angry. However, in in great fashion, two plays later, sends one down to Macklin in the end zone to take the lead. <laughs> I was like, I was with a group. Of, I was in a, a position to not be cheering too loudly. <laughs> I just wanted to flip birds so bad to this group of Red, uh, Washington football fans that were there. Uh, it was that that game. That game got chippy, and I think the rest did leg out of hand. Now I, I've been saying this to everybody I've been talking to about this down here. I'm not denying the fact that I think it was Jenkins went low on Deshaun Jackson on that first J- Jackson's first catch. You go back and look at that replay. Jackson is clearly on the ground, and it's clear that his his left uh, shoulder is exposed, which is one he hurt. And Jenkins goes in like perfect timing, but. For being late, a late hit that the refs aren't going to call, and goes right for that shoulder, goes yeah. right for it. I mean, so, that's to be expected, though. You know, like, yeah. I mean, not to justify it, but I don't know. It's it's his first game back. He's been talking a lot of shit. That's just yeah. gu- that's what's going to happen. I mean, 
and yeah, for him to get that 81 yard pass for a touchdown, it makes me so mad. I was like, I don't care. I, I, I mean, obviously, I want the Eagles to win. If if they didn't, and he didn't score a touchdown, I would have been okay with it. But we, the way he scored that, and the way he backpedaled in, the way he used to in Philly, oh, and just yeah. mocking everybody, I was, I was like, yeah. No, Why'd you have to give him that one? Why'd you have to give him that one? I know. Just, oh, it hurt. It burns. But, hey, you know what? End up winning in the end. Uh, it's all that matters. It's all that matters. The W in the end. You can rack yeah. up all the stats you want. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know what's funny about this game? Did you hear that there a brawl broke out in the stands among Eagles fans? Wait. Wait. <laughs> Are you trying to tell me that there was a brawl? At a Philadelphia stadium, yeah, this yeah. that has never happened before. Among, I, can, I can assure you that among <laughs> among the same fans, <laughs> I know that is that is so it is so Eagles fans. It's not even funny. It's I mean, so, like so Philly, it hurts. <laughs> <laughs> I just laughed, and uh, um, the, the of course you know with, with cell phones, there's all this 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 footage of it, and it's just so trashy, man. Oh, this yeah. guy. Guess guess what the guy had the guy had a uh, a homemade jersey. Guess what his number was? Sixty nine, right? Of course it was. Yeah. Of course Why would it not it be sixty nine? <laughs> I mean, it's always going to be sixty nine. Like yeah, it's always going to be sixty nine. I, I, I don't know. Like I don't know exactly how the NFL determines sizing and things like that. But I'm almost positive if you have to get anything above an XL, they only sell it in number sixty nine. Because <laughs> it's it's, it's never like. The skinny guy wearing a '69 jersey. No. It's like, it's like the biggest guy you've ever seen. The six and the nine are like a foot and a half apart because that's how much fabric there is. And it's, it's never incredible. Yeah, and it's never the guy's actual last name. It's like Pudge Machine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it, yeah, it's always something incredibly, incredibly dirty, yeah. but really clever. Yeah. Where you're like, oh, I kind of respect that. Like, yeah. I feel like it was unoriginal to use 69, but then you came up with that name and you redeem it. So <laughs> I'm going to allow it this time. Yeah, I'll let it go. I'll let it go. I know I know you're probably going to get into a fight later. Yeah, so. exactly. So <laughs> I'm going to see about moving to another section because yeah. I don't want to get swallowed up in this brawl, but yeah. I respect your game. Yeah. But uh, in terms of fights, did you also see about the uh, uh, Cardinals-Niners fight that yeah. broke out? And that the Darnell Dockett thing? Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. So that what happened was there was this fight in, in, in you know, like the, the upper levels of whatever Arizona. at uh yeah. in Arizona. What's it what's their uh, Phoenix University Stadium or yeah, whatever? Yeah, yeah. Um a brawl breaks out. It looks it's just like a tussle. It just seems like drunk people, somebody just bumped the wrong person and you know, some grabbing ensued. And then all of a sudden it like explodes and some guy like Takes down two guys down a set of sta- concrete steps. Yeah, there's, there's blood, blood everywhere. Yeah, blood everywhere. This and then like this guy's like literally he like I I wish you guys could see us right now, but he like grabs the guy's like scalp, like he's gonna scalp him by the hair, <laughs> yeah. and just winds up and punches the dude right in the back of the head. It was insane. Well, and while and while, so, and while oh, it was God. happening, um, that was like one group, and there were there. There was like uh, you know like those like uh, not barriers. What's the word I'm looking for? Like railings. railings yeah. That was that was kind of cutting off like the traffic from the people who were fighting. And this guy walks by with a docket jersey, Dar- Darnell Docket, and just throws a huge hail ma- ma- you know haymaker. haymaker 
at a at a Niners fan and then like basically walks off. Well, did you see did you see the full thing of what was happening where one of the Niners fans had a security guard in a chokehold? Yes, I saw that part too. Yeah. yeah. So that that was what the that's what the guy wearing the docket jersey was getting involved in. The guy had the security guard in a chokehold around the throat. The guy in the docket jersey sees that, walks over to the railing and just knocks this dude out cold. And so the guy just has to release the security guard and then the guy just backs away. And so once people really like at first they were trying to get this guy in trouble and then they realized that he was literally just trying to help. Like he wasn't yeah. trying to fight anybody. He was just trying to help the security guard not be choked out. Yeah. And so Darnell Dockett gave him a Pro Bowl jersey, like a game worn Pro Bowl jersey. And I think and I think offered him tickets. Yeah. So I don't know if that changed. Uh but yeah, I just I, you know, have you ever gotten to that point? I mean, everybody gets upset, and 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 I, I've had this conversation with 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 our group of friends about like fandom, and you know, I get I get upset when my teams lose, and I know you do too, Justin. But ever get to the point that you're gonna throw punches? No, I mean, no. Ultimately, no. I'm just not like a fighting person. I think in theory, I'm like. I, I, I'm acting like I would maybe throw punches, but I know in my head that would never happen. Yeah. Like, I'll, I'll figure out some way to avoid that when it comes down to it. Cause I just don't think I'm a good fighter. I mean, <laughs> if punches start getting thrown, they're not going to be going the right direction for me. Right. Like, right. I'm going to end up face first on the concrete. That's just <laughs> guaranteed the result. So uh, it's just never come down to that for me. So, and I try to make sure that it doesn't. But yeah, it, yeah. it just, I don't know. I, I've gotten in a couple arguments at stadiums and things have gotten a little bit heated at times. But, and actually I will say the worst fans I've ever dealt with, oddly enough, were uh, Orioles fans. Really? Yeah. Had most problems there out of any stadium I've ever been to. And it, which is crazy because, I mean, I've been to Yankee Stadium, I've been to Red Sox, I've worn opposing gear at all those places. But the Orioles, and not just like any time in the Orioles, the Orioles when they were in their heyday of sucking, like mm -hmm. the worst. And all these people were trying to talk shit to me. And the Rangers had just gone to the World Series a year before. I'm like, hey, guys, you're awful. I don't know if you know this, <laughs> yeah. but you're literally terrible. Like you haven't had a winning record since Cal Ripken Jr. retired. Maybe lay off it a little bit here. Right. But yeah, worst fans I've ever dealt with. It was unbelievable. I just I, I, this goes to the point of when people run on the fields during games too. Why do you pay that much money just to, to get, get kicked, kicked out. out? Yeah, just get kicked out. I mean, NFL games are expensive. Yeah, they're so expensive. I'm looking, trying to you know see about maybe seeing the the Eagles play the Washington football team down here in December, and like standing room only on like the top level, starting at seventy bucks to Dude, stand yeah. all the way up the top of the stadium. Uh, I just paid 77 for the Texas Baylor game and I don't have my ticket yet for OU Baylor and currently they're selling at 140. Oh my God. And they're not going to go down. They've been spiking cause it's turning, it's looking like it's going to be the game of the year for big 12. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, speaking, going back to Baylor and speaking of Baylor and, and football games end of October, making my, yeah. uh, my inaugural trip to Baylor homecoming it's you don't even know what you're getting yourself into so uh uh Catherine uh had, had, was fortunate enough to get a work trip that coincided 
with uh, Baylor homecoming weekend to Texas, and we found good good uh, plane tickets for me to go. So as a novice, Justin, I mean, obviously Baylor has grown on me because of Catherine, uh, you know, and 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 you, you know, really having big influence on me, and and timing was also great. Yeah, <laughs> you know, RG three, right? I'll say, helped out a lot too. What what's as a novice? What are the, what are the things I need to do or need to look for when I'm at Baylor homecoming? So oddly enough, the homecoming parade, yeah. biggest deal ever. Uh, everybody always laughs at me. I mean, granted, I'm biased. I was a homecoming float chair whenever I was in college, but. Homecoming floats are pretty awesome. It's a big deal. It's a lot of fun. Homecoming tailgate is always the greatest because we have kegs everywhere and tons of food, and there's going to be people all over the place. And just the game in general, everything is a ton of fun. We're going to go to George's. For those of you listening, get on your computer right now. Look up George's. It's amazing. I love it. <laughs> I love everything about it. And then look up what goes in a gut pack at Vtex, and then you will immediately feel ill but it's delicious i promise it's so good. <laughs> well there was an original plan where i, I was maybe he- thinking about heading straight to waco uh on friday and waiting for you and Catherine to get there from austin and just i'd be like yeah i'll probably be five gut packs in <laughs> not yeah. even knowing what it is that's like one of those weekends uh you know i, I don't know if this is coming up in other episodes but I, I do get stomach issues sometimes especially when i travel and i'm so nervous because like gut pack uh, and <laughs> that it's, doesn't it, sound like it's <coughs> it's as problematic as you think it'll be. Yeah, <laughs> but it is so worth it. But you know, I'm gonna do it. I know. I, I had one at the first game of the year, and I felt awful the next day. And I told somebody, "It's like, oh man, I just don't think I've built up the tolerance for gut packs yet. It's been a while since I had one." Yeah. Well, then by sh- week two, I had another one. And I was totally good to go. So right. uh, you just gotta, well, you know, you gotta build it up. Maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll share one. You mean you mean Catherine and, and, and Appling. I'm excited to see uh, to see Appling. He's my he's my favorite person that I've I barely ever hung out with. <laughs> yeah, and he'll be in rare form that weekend. I assure you. Yeah, it's going so to be incredible. I'm trying to keep an eye out on uh, for tickets. Uh, you oh. know, I feel like if I'm making the trip, I want to get in the stadium. Yeah, you guys definitely but, have uh, to. Yeah, I mean, I know it's going to be difficult, but. And we're you know spending a lot of money just to travel there, but I really would love to get in and see it, and and you know again if I'm going to be there, I'm going to do it. Oh yeah, uh, do it right. But you know what I, what I hope is I hope this kicks off an inaugural thing for Catherine and I to start going more often. You know not not every year and maybe not for homecoming, but I really I you know I'm excited I'm so excited for it. I mean those those shots from um, the, the the first game there. I mean, just unbelievable. It just looks so freaking cool. And you actually were in there. So oh, yeah. In, it, in was, it was stadium. as incredible as it looked, I think. It was it was totally worth it. It's amazing how many people I talk to that they love the new stadium. They've heard about the new stadium. They're not Baylor people, but they're just they're enamored with it. They've driven down 35. They've seen it. They're like, oh, man, that place looks amazing. It's incredible. Yeah. And, you know, it's helping to put us on the map. So it's great to see. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think we got one final topic we need to talk about. Something very some, it, it's important to both of us and yeah. at least ten other people. Yes, fantasy football. Fantasy football. So we're, we obviously are in a league together, and and thought it'd be fun to talk about what's going on. Especially since uh, most of the listeners are in said league. Yeah, and... since the, the, ten, the tens of you, the the, the, the feist. <laughs> The feisty five or whatever the ferocious you call few. them. Ferocious few. That's it. 
our uh, our, our our compatriots in the uh, DC Jerks Fantasy Football League. Um, so far, I'm pretty I'm pretty pleased with my season. Uh, yeah, you're, what, I two think and I one? got a I'm two and one. Uh, my one loss was one of those weeks where had I played almost anybody else, I would have won. I, you know, it's just that the guy I played just had a monster week. That week actually was uh, I said it was like 2007 again, or pick some year around that time because it was I could beat by Antonio Gates, <laughs> Arian Foster, and Larry Fitzgerald. So those are the three guys that did me in uh, uh, in my one loss. But uh, um, pretty stoked about my team, man. And, and uh, whoever plays me week four and week seven are basically gimme weeks because those are my only bye weeks. My whole team is either week four. Uh, which is this week, and it's all my running backs are are out. So Marshawn Lynch and uh, Andre Ellington, I got are both out. So I'm going with uh, Steve Jackson and and Reggie Bush, whatever. And then, yeah. uh, week, and then week seven, I uh, my strategy, and I don't know if I should reveal this, but my my new my new thing is trying to handcuff quarterbacks and number one receivers. So I really lucked out this year because I got Foles and Macklin. So not only did I my strategy. Uh, go through. I'm not saying it worked yet, but go through. But it's also for my, my hometown team. So uh, week seven is going to be kind of rough <laughs> when they're both out yeah. as well. Uh, but yeah, man, uh, uh, I'm pretty I'm pretty stoked about it. And I hope uh, I've been trying this every year. When I say I, sorry, folks who don't know, I'm the commissioner of the league. So I'm saying I've been trying to get it more interactive, especially with like the league. I'm like, I want to be like the league, like not maybe not as goofy, but I want that inner like that weekly interaction, you know, to get the guys, you know, fired up. And um, I think this podcast will help with oh, us yeah, talking about because that about pretty it. much requires them to uh, if they want to talk shit, they have to start their own podcast. So yeah. uh, <laughs> I mean, your move, Craig Senior. <laughs> yes. And and yes, Craig Senior. So my dad's in the league and he has become the pinnacle centerpiece of all the shit talking, and I kind of love it. Well, <laughs> I mean, and he I love, talks I, a lot of shit for somebody that hasn't won yet this year. Yeah. I mean, I really, I, you know, I know that you guys have used the team or the league name of Fatty Jerks for quite some time. Right. But if he loses again this week and you win, I'd be fine with us changing it to the Tale of Two Limeberries because <laughs> you'll be three and one and he'll be 0 oh and four. Yeah. Which, let, let's discuss. So, I had the pleasure of playing your dad in week one. And I'm not certain that I've ever seen a score that lopsided. Yeah. I beat the living shit out of your dad. Like it was like, (laughs) it was like 140 to 50. It was ugly to see. I mean, I almost felt like I needed to send him an apology for that one. I mean, it was, I don't know what he did wrong that he could only get 50 points. But good God, was it bad! And you know what, my for my dad on paper and his draft, I was actually really impressed with it. I just think he has guys that aren't performing. He had he has Aaron Rodgers, Keenan Allen, uh, Eddie Lacy, Frank Gore, um, and then uh, it's a bye week. So sorry, I'm looking I'm looking at his roster, uh, who he has on the bench, uh, Emmanuel Sanders. You know, yeah. who's supposed to be a lightning rod for the for the Broncos. So I was like, you know what, Dad? Good job, man. Good job. Because the funny story with my dad is 
he is a blue collar guy. He's on his feet all day. He's dealing with eleven other guys who sit in front of computers all day long. So we tried to the first couple of years he got he got shellacked because he couldn't get on the waiver wire. You know, because we're you know Monday morning we're at a computer. He's outside doing something. So finally we you know with smartphones have helped and also we've we've instituted some policies to literally help my dad out and he still isn't he's still it's still not getting it it's so funny it is pretty incredible i mean although at this point some of it is his own fault i, oh, I understand yeah. i understand wanting to start aaron Rodgers, but let's let's discuss here his bench quarterback is philip rivers uh yeah who's having a pretty incredible year so maybe Craig Sr. should switch that one out a little bit. Yeah. I mean, he's got a couple guys on the bench that are, I believe, pretty consistently outscoring his starters. Well, let's look at this one, for instance. He has Jason Witten on his team, who has 18 points for the year. He has Niles Paul on his bench, who has 45 points for the year. Craig Sr., <laughs> if you have somebody that scores three times as many points as the guy you're starting, don't bench him. Yeah. yeah. I mean... It's just oh, it's kind of it's it's pretty awful to watch. Well, this, well, so the, the the most entertaining part of our league are the back and forth between Josh and my dad, right. and this week they both get to play each other at O and three. Peace. So Owen Bieber, if you will. Yeah, Owen Bieber. Oh my god. So my dad made all these j- jokes to Josh about having Justin Bieber posters. It's pretty hysterical because. He kept going back to the well, left and right. Like, the first one, hysterical. The next five, you know, all right, we got it. You made it one good one. No reason to keep going back there. I think we've decided, though, if your dad finishes last in the league, he has to go to a Justin Bieber concert. I think that's I think that's pretty fair. I think that's pretty fair. You know what else I thought was really funny? This is a side note. I was watching a commercial today. I think it might have been for Xbox One or some kind of like Verizon or, you know, TV type media set. And uh, it's about guys, you know, all getting together and watching fantasy football. And the and this this makeshift league that was, you know, they were portraying on this commercial, the loser each year had to get a tattoo. That's and it real. was like, I think that's, I think that's kind of awesome. That's a real I, league. You know that, I right? think. Oh, it is? Yeah. Oh, it's real. Those tattoos that they show, those are real. Uh, ESPN did a story about these guys last year. And, yeah, they the loser has to get a tattoo. And they get it, like, they try to get it on the upper part of their leg. And, the, the like, the other people in the league get to draw out exactly what the tattoo is going to look like. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, I mean, at, so at some point, they're all going to – oh, maybe not. They don't necessarily have to all have tattoos. I mean – Statistically, if they play for like 50 years, every guy's going to end up losing a season. Yeah, I think it's gotten where almost everyone, like someone different has lost almost every year. So I don't think, I don't think anybody has gotten two tattoos yet. But yeah, I mean, that's just, that's taking it to a whole different level. I kind of, I kind of like it though. I kind of like it. Um, yeah, we should, the, uh, we should bring Catherine in and see what she thinks. Oh God, I think she's in bed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other funny one I want to talk about is Jared. So Jared uh, is a, the the. I think you and Jared were rookies the same year, or was did he have one year on you? I don't know. I, I started I last you're, year. You're the newest guy, so yeah, I think yeah, Jared started new last year too because he he made that miracle run with uh, Peyton Manning and uh, uh, Demarius Thomas. He handcuffed them together. <laughs> I think um, I think I've actually matched my win total for last year already, so I'm pretty psyched about that. Yeah, 
Jared, on the other hand, I, I, I got to feel bad for the guy. One and two. It's two losses by one point. Uh, each. Each. Wow. Yeah. I beat him the first week like thir- 138 to 137, and he just lost this week like 133 to 132. That's incredible. So he, dropped, he drops all the way down to, uh, where is he at? 11th or 8th place out of 12, just because on two points. Wow. It's rough. But, yeah, I, I uh, you know, there's not really a standout team. There's a lot of teams that can be explosive. I thought last year Jared's team was really good because he had, he had um, I think, yeah, actually, I think he had three. No, I take that back. Yeah, he did have three Broncos. He had Peyton, Thomas, he had one of the running backs. And they had legit tight ends. I mean, his team was really, really solid last year. Um, but yeah, this year, you know, there's a lot of teams. I think my team can explode at any point. I think your team can explode at any point. Uh, but uh, I, 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 uh, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm feeling pretty confident, man, because I, I, I figured out that I only have two bye weeks. It's not spread out because you know sometimes you get in that situation where it's like you take one guy out every week, right? You know, and you're just you know, you're just losing by just enough each time. Yeah, that's just annoying. So you know if I get shellacked week four and, and week seven, which are my two big bye weeks, and fine, that then you know what those are my two lot. Well, I have another loss. So those are my three losses. I'm with it. Hey, that's not terrible at all. Yeah. So I, you know what I always felt funny about, and I hope I'm not jinxing it. So I'm totally not young wood. And I wonder if there's anybody else who out there who feels about this, but the commissioner winning or the commissioner getting the first pick. So one year, Justin, before you were in the league, I picked myself first and I repicked because I, I felt like I can't I can't pick myself first. Right. You know, like I can't. And that was like I was literally doing it out of a hat. Now there's like a website that I use and I feel like I should try to legitimatize that with you guys in case I ever <laughs> get first, pick, first again. pick. Yeah, but I don't like first pick. I don't know. What do you think about first pick? I like eleventh pick. Really? Yeah. Well, I guess first pick would be good too. But the problem is, I like uh, I like being able to get the two picks, like the end of the first round, and the beginning of the second, because it actually fits into my style of selecting pretty well. A okay. lot of people like to go for running backs. I hate taking running backs um, because they're unpredictable. So I go quarterback for my first pick every time, and then I like to pick a good receiver next because okay. I think those are easier to gauge who's going to give you points. And it's best to g- just get consistent high points. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I, one of my leagues it auto-drafted, and I could speak for ages about how angry I am that this, I got screwed over in this. But my first two picks were Eddie Lacy and Arian Foster. Arian Foster oh. has turned out okay, but Eddie Lacy is awful i've already traded him away because i was just done with him and then to show you how bad he is the person i traded him to traded him away again like (laughs) that's how terrible this player is so i'm like i just it didn't fit in with how i wanted to draft at all so i'm not doing well in that league and it's really really annoying but you know what are you gonna do so yeah well from fantasy to real to real football real quick uh cincinnati man they're my they're my they're my pick this year for the AFC. Yeah, they're, they're looking good. They I, I figured they would. I mean, it was pretty much just a matter of Aaron or Andy Dalton finally getting things completely going, and I, I think he will. And yeah, they've got a great receiving core, great offense. Their defense is always pretty stacked too. So they've got a lot of the pieces. If they can continue to play well and stay pretty injury free, they need AJ Green to stay healthy. He already has had some issues, which is a problem. Yeah. But yeah, we'll see. 
But what, uh, who do you got coming out of the NFC? I don't know. That's a great question. The NFC is just kind of I, – I mean, I guess the Seahawks are still looking like the strongest team. Mm-hmm. I think they got to be the pick. You know, they, I, watched, I watched the end of that Denver-Seattle game on Sunday, and that was – I mean, that was so classic Peyton. Yeah. I mean, to even keep that game close, that tells you a lot about how good the Broncos are, actually, because yeah. they should not have been able to come back and at least push it to OT, especially in that – in that place, I mean, that's just not not possible to do. Right, right. So, I, I don't know. I I would not be that surprised to see those teams meet up again in the Super Bowl. But Bengals, Bengals, Broncos, that'll be interesting to see. I hope that happens in the playoffs because that'll be a great matchup. I want to see I want to see Bengals Chargers because, dude, that, did you watch that Chargers-Seahawks game? I uh, know. I missed it. The Chargers took it to them, man. Yeah, they, they embarrassed. They embarrassed the Seahawks. That's crazy. Yeah, I I got faith. You know, I got faith in my birds. You know, I'm, I I don't want to be a total homer here, but I got to, man. They 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 have a tough schedule. Tough. They got to play the entire NFC West, the entire AFC South, and then the NFC East. I mean, it, they're always tough on each other. Oh yeah. You know that. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be – I mean, as a Cowboys fan, I'm personally already scouting what players we can pick up with, like, the 16th or 17th pick because <laughs> we'll be 8-8 eight eight again this year. And yeah, yeah. it's always great to me because people always like to talk shit, and I'll say, oh, we're going to be 8-8. Eight and eight. They're like, no, you guys are going to be, like, 4-12. and 12. I wish that we were going to be 4-12 and 12 because then we get a good draft pick. Being 8-8 eight and eight is the worst punishment ever. You miss the playoffs – and you don't get a good first-round draft pick. So right. you're pretty much just stuck in purgatory. It's absolutely awful. Yeah. But we'll see what happens. It'll be a good season. We'll see. And I, I, really, I really hope there's some, there's some better play and some spectacular plays out there that, that diminish what we started off the podcast talking about. Because yeah, I hope so, too. Because, listen, there's football going on, man. So let's, let's, well, let's get back on track to what the NFL is really here for, and that's – to watch some some good, good football. Absolutely, that's what we're here for. Yeah. All right, ladies and germs. I think we've uh, I think we've done all we can do here. What do you think? I, I think so, and you know I, I hope you all realize we were kind of working out on this episode. We had a technical glitch, and uh, I don't I didn't have a timer in front of me, so I don't know if we ran over under. Yeah, a little over. It's all right. Yeah, but uh, you know we're getting back in the swing of things. This was very unique doing it over Skype. Yeah. Uh, and see each other on a video rather than being next to each other. But uh, yeah, man, I'm I'm pretty stoked, and we'll, we'll try. We're going to try to keep this regular again. Yeah. Now, now we, we're before Jess and I were both unemployed, so we had all the time in the world to do it. Now we're both steadily employed, so we have a steady schedule, and we can work it in that schedule a little bit better. So we'll, we'll uh, we're really yeah, looking think, forward to get this going again. I think you guys can expect to see the podcast showing up on possibly Friday mornings. I think is when you're going to start seeing it come through. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Get ready, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be so good. Remember, uh, follow us on Twitter at yeah. MLAbsurdity. And uh, you can email us, but I forget the email address. I think it's MajorLeagueAbsurdity at gmail.com. I still there have you it. There you go. Yeah, so, there you go. Yeah, but, uh, talk Twitter. to us and uh, let all your friends know. We're yeah, back. Yeah, definitely. We're back, baby. So, uh, you know, I don't know if this still counts as a good sign-off because I don't get to go as much anymore. But, uh, hey, go get that Taco Bell breakfast. Get it and love it. Thank you.
I was past.